Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Agile Pubcast, where Paul and I got together in the Exmouth Arms in Cheltenham and we're fresh out of the recording studio, having just finished recording our charity Christmas single for the year. This is a short episode where we'll just give you a bit of insight into that and also an opportunity to get involved. But you'll have to be quick, so listen in and get ready to take action. Cheers! Hello. Hello yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, that's nice. What have you got, my friend? Are you waterfalling? Oh, yes. Let's say where we are first. Let's yeah. do that first. We're in Cheltenham again. I mean, I've been dragged to Jeff's. Jeff doesn't, doesn't want to leave the house. Becoming a bit of a recluse these days. I remember last time I saw my house. Where are we, mate? We're in a pub called the Exmouth Arms, which is on the Bath Road, which is trying to make Paul feel a little bit at home. Bath Road and Cheltenham, Paul being at Bath. And also, say about being at home, Exmouth is a seaside resort in Devon, about 20 miles from where I used to live. Very good. There you go. That's a a happy accident, isn't it? Yes. Almost a hopsy. No, because I've got a operation. I was trying to make a bit of a pun. Operation. You've got a operation. Right, and that's an IPA, is it? Uh, okay. Tell us about it, Jeff. Tell us about it. It's really hard to describe. It just the first thing that came to my mind was that's nice. It was. You reacted very, very positively, very quickly. Yeah. It's, so it's, I suppose it's supposed to be hoppy, and I can taste the hops, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's overly hoppy. Um, it's really smooth. Really, really smooth. It's, I think it's a really nice temperature as well. It's not too cold. Um, yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's probably about three or four different hops in there, but they balance each other out quite nicely. Yeah. What have you got? Can't remember. Can't remember the name. Rosie's Keep pig. Rosie's pig. Rosie's pig. Um, it's a it's a westerns um, cider. So the westerns make um, Stouffer Press, don't they? I think you know, you, you know that. Um, but this is Rosie's pig. And if you um, apologies if you can't see the video, but we do video these these now. Um, it's a very kind of blush, kind of pink. Blush, nice colour. Yeah. Um, quite cloudy, but um, quite bitty. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a dirty glass or whether that's um, supposed to be in there. But it's um, <laughs> this is a rhubarb cider, and it's very rhubarby. Let's just say there are bits of rhubarb, bits of apple, mm. yeah. just in case we get thrown out. Um, but it's lovely that if you if you remember eating rhubarb and custard sweets, yeah, that's what that tastes like. Oh, cheers, mate. Lovely. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, topical. Topical. Yeah, because we've just come out of the studio after recording the 2019 Christmas yeah. single. The rumours are true, ladies and gentlemen, that we are we have recorded the, the tricky second track. <laughs> I'm the, confident this is going to be even bigger and better than the last Are you? I have got a good feeling. That was a good, that was a good session. <laughs> you can probably hear I've got a bit of a gruff voice. I'm coming on. The, I'm coming out of a, of a cold, and I think that might have helped. You reckon? 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that I was. Uh, not going to win the next X Factor. No, I'm not going to win the next X Factor. But, uh, but I, I'm, I'm happy with, with the, how that went. Uh, and we had some. Yeah, we're not going to give anything away, but we did have some special guests come in. Um, and we had a really. Our sound engineer flew in from LA after just filming a, a music video. <laughs> It's very highbrow stuff these yeah, days. We went all out. So, um, looking forward to that. that we're we're going to get that out hopefully on the 1st of December, right at the start of December. So, we're going to give a good month. Yeah. The best part of the Try month. and hit Christmas number one hard this year. And I want us, I want us to beat our charity total from last year. So, last year we raised almost 400 quid for that. We got almost 6,000 views. Wow. And 400 quid. Um, so we're going to do this. We're going to. This is my idea. I'm going to run it past you. I want to. I think we should set up a just giving page. Okay. And so, and we'll put a little message at the start and end of the video saying, you know, please go and donate. Uh, but we need. To, I don't know what sort of charity to. Last year we said pick a charity, any charity. Yeah. Just giving. It was quite hard. We basically went on an honesty system that people would tweet and then yeah. tell us what they, yeah. what they gave and who they gave it to. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, we, we can't actually verify that we lost 400 quid, but that's that's, but that's, that's what, what people told us. We told, we so. have it all together. Um, yeah, so this year it might be a little bit more verifiable. Yeah, we would need to be a little bit more um, specific. Specific. So I, I don't really know. Maybe we should ask. I think I think it'd be nice to take for for the, you that you the listener to submit a charity, um, the name of a charity. Yeah, that you'd like us to give. Proceeds to um, and tweet it in to the at the Agile Podcast with the name of the charity. We will put all those charities into a pot on a slip of paper, okay, and we'll pick them out. Okay, right. we'll pick out a, a winner, yeah, um, and then we'll that will be on the start of the Christmas single. We'll tell you where you can give to that charity. So should there be an Agile link, maybe or not? Just, just any good well, cause. Just any, any, any because people have charities that are very specific to them. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah. Um, tweet in your suggestion for a good cause that we should be collecting for this year. Uh, we did have one rival spin-off. Oh, it was far inferior to ours. <laughs> From Helen and Ben. And if anybody wants to take on the challenge, uh, then go for it. Yeah, it's all all in good good fun, in the name of good fun. Maybe we should have done a TikTok. That's the new thing. Is that a TikTok? Yeah, my daughter's talked about it, but we won't let her have it on our phone. My daughter's big on TikTok. She's trying to get TikTok famous. Anyway, we digress. Yes, so summary, we've done a single. It'll be out on the 1st of December. There will be a video as well. It's going to be a charity, so get in your ideas for charities. Pick one, and then we will be looking for you to help spread the word to help raise money. So how many views did it have on YouTube so far? Have you said that? Yeah, nearly 6,000. 6,000. We want to beat beat 6,000 views. And we want to beat four, around four hundred pounds in charity donations. Yeah. That's just challenge. Do you set the target? I don't know. I think you might set a target. So if we set a target of five hundred quid, that would be yeah, that would be good. that would be a success. Can you imagine like ten percent, ten percent of the people that viewed it all gave for one pound. Yeah, we would beat it. Yeah, that's that's, a that's all we have. Right. Cool, good. What's that done? Yeah. I, genuinely, I, I have been rushed off my feet. I, I've been in three different hotels and three different uh, three nights in a row. 
Um, I haven't been home and changed. I'm still wearing yesterday's clothes. <laughs> this is a date, a date that me and Jeff, Jeff had in the diary for a long time. But life kind of, you were trying to work life around, as work and life around the end of it, edges of it, and it's kind of come back to biting today. Yeah, a little bit burning the candle at both ends. Sustainable pace, my friend. Yeah. Well, um... But you, like you say, when you, I think you took a little bit of a time, we won't, again, we won't give too much away about what we did today, uh, the music side of things, but you took a little bit of time to check in. Mm. I well, could tell when you came in, you hadn't done your hair, you hadn't, you, you literally had just rolled in yeah. and it took you a little time to kind of engage with, well, the, with driven, the task in hand. I'd driven for two and a half hours to get there on time and I was like calling out late, so Paul, Paul had a bit of a head start and yeah, I wasn't ready to go, I hadn't walked My wife was trying to encourage me to, to, to do some warm-up singing in the car on the way back because my voice was so delicate, I didn't really want to yeah, push burn it out. out. Yeah. Uh, and get there with no voice, so I didn't. So I was, I was kind of cold, yeah, and it, I didn't start well, but I warmed up. Yes. It, it got better. But I think that's. Yeah. Oh. I think you do need to warm up. When you're expected to do something, not necessarily even out of your comfort zone, but if, if you go and play sport, you yeah. warm up. Yeah. If you uh, perform, you should warm up, yeah. warm your voice up. Yeah. Is that, is that a detriment to shorter iterations? Yeah, I think it is. Having to warm up again. I think, so this was, I remember, right, I think I wrote about this, I talked about this in my book, the idea of four week, how four week iterations now are so rare. And Ken Schwebe used to talk about this idea that it takes a little bit of time for teams to to get through the, the initial stages and actually immerse themselves in the creative element. Particularly if you need to do something creative, you need a bit of time to warm up. I think you can't hit it as fast as you think. So, <clears throat> something about being on time, actors on stage. Lee John Devinson, time you're already late. yeah. And that was, I think, I, also, I read that in a book recently about the military, it's the same, same in the military. And I know that um, improvisational actors and drama, dramatic actors are the same, but if you're on time, you're already late. And I think you're sitting just in time. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's about, it's, too, it's getting there too, or warming up too much, detrimental. To a waste, a waste of effort. I always um, used to joke when I was younger that I, I would waste all my best energy and best moves in the, in the warm-up before a football match, but that was just my excuse to, to not have to do lots of running. But I think that is largely true about safety as well. People tend to, they feel like um, they do their best work when, when the pressure's not on them. So it's, and the, what, athletes that say they run their best races when they just do they, they're, they're interviewed by the press afterwards how did you achieve that world record winning time and they'll say I just did what I do in training they're just, they're just repeating and trying to visualise the same things that they do all the time so I think as much of a mindset as much as your vocal cords needed for me up this morning I think it's also a and that's the thing I remember about the daily scrum as well about having that time to shake off whatever has just happened yeah. before the daily scrum and reset protocol check in get and dump it okay this is what I'm actually here for today mm. I've done I've done quite a bit this isn't a this isn't a promotional thing but I have done quite a bit on discipline and practice and growth in my in my new book yeah so yeah well, not hopefully it will be I'll make sure and I just had a just had my first review of that what, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. What you said? What is that? So you, someone's 
It's a, so a peer to, review you've had from someone. What is your so yeah, I've got to the point where I've had little bits and pieces reviewed, you know, edited and things as we've been going along. This is the first time I've got not a complete but a full end-to-end draft manuscript. Okay. Uh, so people can see you know, whether at the moment they, before then they've been looking things just out of context. Yeah. But now they can see no, the start and finish. Um, and yeah, someone read through it start to finish uh, and gave me their review. Um, obviously I'm nervous about it even though I've had I've had the opportunity to make it better I think I mentioned last time how people loved actually pulling apart and destroying things um, and that's been useful yeah that first review of okay, what they're going to say what they're going to say and I knew that they would be honest uh, I might not have tweeted their quote if they'd be honest and it had been bad but they haven't shamed them but yeah it was uh, no, it was kind of I liked it so the, the quote was does exactly what it says on the tin if you want your team to get better you want to improve your team read this book yeah. that, I like I, that I didn't ask for that, that, that but that, that's kind of what I like I like the idea that you get what you expect yeah. I think that's that ties back to agile things as well in terms of predictability you don't really want any surprises you, no. you want to know what you're going to get yeah. even in a complex unpredictable world the element of trying to make things a little bit more yeah, makes you feel better about yourself and makes you feel a bit more comfortable. Um, I'm just going to mention that something else. It's a bit, it reminds me of TripAdvisor. Okay. So you're going to say about the reviews. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible for this, but now whenever I look at a restaurant, I mean, TripAdvisor, I think I must have said this before, TripAdvisor has taken a lot of the joy out of holidays and accommodation for me. Okay. Because as soon as someone mentions, oh, we're staying here, or we're going to go and eat here. If I don't know it, the first thing I'll do is TripAdvisor. Mm. Um, it's more on holiday if I do that. But, um, and you just read the bad reviews. And then the things that stay in your mind are all the reasons that you shouldn't go and do that. You shouldn't uh, read that book or whatever it might be. I'm sure you won't get any bad reviews. But, no, 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 but I hope I do. You uh, want you, in an element of you want to, to see something bad so you can repair it. Yes, but also once it's live, then I can't really do much about it. It's too late. Mike Cohn, when I wrote my first book, Mike Cohn, I wrote forward for that book, and he gave me some advice and said, you will get some bad reviews. You haven't actually made it until you've got a three or two star review. Yeah. Um, that's when you know you've actually got a decent book, and someone's actually critiquing it, yeah. rather than just reading it because they know they were going to like it or yeah. the cover. Uh, and actually some of the you know, two star reviews that I've had in the past have been quite funny yeah, quite, uh, what they choose to judge it on is quite yeah. funny um, and you know that perhaps it's not it's not intended for that audience or whatever yeah. you kind of rub those out well, I remember I don't know if you've spoken about this before I don't know how much of your book writing process you've spoken about before but in your first book you had it was basically ripped apart the first draft that you had of it or the first version the structure of it yeah was completely different to what it ended up being. Yeah, Esther and Jean. Esther and Jean, God bless her, she, they, and you were quite upset about it. I remember you saying to me at the time, you almost, you almost stopped writing it <laughs> because you said, well, God, you basically had to start again. Pretty much, yeah. You tore it up and started yeah. again. Uh, I mean, I didn't, didn't actually tear it up, but it was... It was dr- a dramatic restart. It was a massive Do you remember what the first version of it was? No. Or what was you can't. No, I probably got it archived somewhere. I don't yeah. tend to read it. But uh, I don't think I could bring myself to read it. So like, well, maybe you undenied about whether you should take their advice or not. Just whether you should ignore it or whether you should actually. Well, yeah, there were three it. options available to me. One is ignore them, just go with what I've got. Two is give up, 
yeah. quit. So book writing's not for me. Yeah. Or the other is take their advice and see what you can do with it. Yeah. Um, and I can't really remember concretely now the, the thought process that I went through. But they were two people whose opinions I absolutely yeah. 100% trusted. Yeah. Uh, and valued. And they've both written books before. Yeah. Um, they both had, I believe, they both had my best intentions at heart. And so, yeah, I took a bit of time out. Um, gave myself, did, tried not to make a rash decision. And then holds to a decision. I remember you, you deliberated for a long time about what to do next. Yeah. It seemed to be a long time at the time. Yeah, you probably did a bit of... Uh, crying on your shoulder yeah respect. yeah uh, yeah booked a little bit more time off went back down to the seaside <laughs> and I think I did print it all off and start you know, scratching and laying it all out on the floor and the walls the walls were covered in sheets and post-it notes and statues and things but you t- in, the, in the idea of talking about warming up do you find you write there's better time like when you there's times or places or situations or mental states you're in when you write better or you feel you're writing better well, I, I write, I, I'm generally more productive than anything I do in the morning yeah. and in the afternoon. I tend to want to sleep in the afternoon. Right. Um, and often in the middle of the night as well. Because I'll, I'll spark, I'll have a spark, yeah. and then I'll just follow it. And if that's in the middle of the night, I can't sleep because yeah. of it. Um, I, was, I was watching a, I was at a concert last night, it's part of my. Uh, Burning the candle at both ends, someone I've had seen ever before and wanted to see for a long time. Yeah. And she said that sometimes she doesn't realise what she's writing until she's finished writing it. So she'll just go and see what comes out the other end. She doesn't know what the message is until she's actually finished. And it's, I think a little bit of self catharsis, a little bit of self therapy. And that, for me, rather than try and create a plan of story or plan of chapter, I know the main point is something that I want to write around or start on and then I just let it flow and see what comes out of it and pick it past. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of people who have been involved in helping review what I've been doing. Quite a few of them said they can't they can't believe how much I can write so quickly. Mm. But it's all in bursts. It's not like Two hundred words every day. And do you? Is it writing straight for laptop, or do you do you write? Do you mind map stuff first? Do you? No, I don't mind that. No, I do write. Because I think I, I I did the mind map for my book okay. in terms of chapters and scenarios and talking points, topics. Yeah. No, I, I think in my head I probably gathered topics and gathered a bit of structure, mm. but I never put that down onto paper really. I do have a Dixburn car. Do you? Yeah. You still use it? Yeah, yeah. Still, I stick it on the steering wheel. Do you? And, uh, Just when. Because again, it's all that when your brain is at its uh, most creative point is when it's slowed down. Yeah. Which we talked about before. And I'll just unpick those ramblings and yeah. try and work out where they go. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I suppose that's great. Yeah. Good. How about you? No plans for another book? No, I don't think so. I don't, not, not right now. Not right now. I think it's a bit like with me with the conferences last year. I kind of did it and I thought, oh, thank God I've done that. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to completely do something, something completely different. Like I haven't 
been to any conferences this year at all. No, I think this will be my first year, 2019, where I haven't visited. Someone might quote me on that, say I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I haven't been. London just just finished me, mm. and I kind of wanted to. So have you, yeah. Since this time last year was London. London Scrum Gathering that is and I said oh I need a break and I have literally breaked, broke for 12 months so it's time to get back on it next year so what, which ones are you definitely going to um, next year so well I've already well I shouldn't say that but I'm, I'm pinning hopes on going to New York I'd like to go to New York I think I will go to New York anyway Scrum Gathering Scrum Gathering in New York and because I love New York and I love scrum gatherings, so I'll, I'll mix them both together. I'm also thinking about. Um, I've submitted a talk for Agile Island. Uh, they are in Ireland, because they've Ali. expanded now into Europe. Have they? Yeah. The Ali. A A A L I. Yeah. I think it's Agile International. Oh. So they're still using the same. So I'm going. Well, I've submitted for that. Um, I'm looking at Agile on the Beach as well. I hear good things about that okay. in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. And there was another one I was looking at as well. So I've got a few ideas, and I've been ge- trying to generate a few new sessions. Rather than writing books, I've been writing new conference okay. sessions, mm. workshops. What's, um, what sort of topics? So I did one on storytelling, which I did last just last this week. Who's that aimed at? Uh, product owners. Mm-hmm. So I think, and again, we talked about this at the user group I this week, there's a lack, a severe lack, of agile-based conference sessions for purely for product owners mm. so I wanted to try and fill that gap something we noticed in the London gathering a lot not a lot of product owner sessions so I've written one around storytelling for product owners not just story writing I'm, I'm talking more about storytelling techniques I've got one around body language which um, is, a, is a very I look at it now and I think wow that's a brave talk to do and it's brave in, in many senses because it mixes body language your limbic brain, the, the natural response you have, that the body has, and trying to immerse people within improv games to expose that and to read, or not, not, not to change it, but to certainly highlight it and, and to challenge it. All right. So just, and that's aimed more at, I think that's going to be a bit more of an advanced session aimed at maybe trainers or coaches on how they can affect and change their body language based on situations. Okay. That's an interesting one that I've written, and that's it. So those two. Hmm. I, I asked somebody a question the other day and I asked it without really knowing what my answer would be be interested in your thoughts best type of question to ask really as a coach if you had the choice to let's say I'm not sure what right position you're at here but if you if you had if you just forget your role for me if you had the choice you could either have an amazing product owner and a mediocre agile coach or a mediocre product owner and an amazing agile coach what do you go for? I've been asked this question before have you? Okay. Well, so I do I can't remember I think someone asked me in a course okay. asked me would I, what would I rather have yeah. so product owner coach weak strong product owner weak coach or weak product owner strong coach well I didn't say weak I said mediocre ok <laughs> that's what you mean Strong product owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I think how, yeah, I think that's how I answered it before. Because I think. What about strong product owner, strong coach? Well, no. Ooh. 
Well, yeah, yes. What do you mean? Would you, which, would you choose out of the two? Oh. Strong product there, I think. I think that can... I think if you want... But then that can be quite divisive. If, if it's too... It wasn't as different the questions I thought it was. No, but no, but it's a good question in terms of. I think I would much rather have clear vision, direction, and um, purpose. Yeah, that's why I, I think you can. I think natural. I think self-organisation and commitment, the Scrum values, come, will come more naturally from a strong product owner. No, that's not, not exactly true. Some of the Scrum values, the ones that might lack a respect. I think you might get a, a, a much more divisive relationship between product owners, God, and there's yeah, kind of high status, low status. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why this, this coach role is so pivotal to balance that. Mm. So the, that, that stemmed from um, overhearing a comment, which is which was that agile coaches are the make or break point of an agile transformation. So put agile transformation to one side for a minute, that phrase, but if you're looking to become a more agile organisation, adoption it works. Yeah. And the agile coaches are... Oh, I don't know. And my view, and so they followed up with, and really good agile coaches are hard to find in the marketplace. I agree. I agree with that. I think my instinct was... Most businesses, most organisations should already have people who can fulfil the product owner very well. You have that domain knowledge, you have that product knowledge. They might just not understand how to make use of an agile approach or to interact with the self-organising team. Or the division of, the, of their time isn't right, yeah. isn't, isn't structured correctly. Yeah. And I don't think any, no, no matter how good your agile coach is, if you you haven't got someone who can has the potential yeah. to do that. Yeah. Do it yeah. Um, but if you've already got those people in your business, then you don't need to go out to a wide world and hire them. Mm. I don't know. That, it, it's just something that sparked something in me that I, product owners, business representatives, driving the business. That's where the value comes. Yeah, from. I think you're right. Well, and I think. Well, I'm certainly scarred from the pain we went through at BT of getting two years into a transformation and lines of business saying well, okay, so how are we a part of this now yeah. and, and you, we'd, we'd optimised probably not even optimised but certainly focused on an IT element um, the coaching and the um, development team element yeah. without really ever paying attention or trying to bring customers with us mm. and, it, and it hurt us in the long run because yeah. they were too far apart by the time we uh, we asked them the question so let's go back to your comment around status then so if you get if we say that product owners are really really important and you get someone from a business from a business side who then see this as uh, an opportunity to wield some power shall we yeah. say how would you handle the massive potential difference in status? Without a, a coach? Yeah, or if you were the coach. You're kind of going to meet, yeah, you're kind of going to meet trying to, as a scrum master, in terms of status, trying to bring one down whilst trying to increase the other. How do you bring someone down? Um, by 
I suppose a constructive block. What was that like? I'm just trying to think about status in, in, from an info point of view. You'd, you'd, you'd block with an alternative offer. So saying that's not going to work, but how about we do this? Okay. So, or that's a great idea, but why don't we try this instead? Okay. So trying to offer something which, do, which doesn't negate what they're doing, but, but changes it slightly. Or maybe it's an educational thing. Maybe it's a chance to increase that product owner's awareness about why this is different and what they stand to benefit from doing that. Because if we took coach out of the equation, so if you just look at the scrum there's no coach in the scrum boat, which you get as a scrum master, there's no extra role for it. Yeah. Um, how does scrum bring an overbearing product owner back down to earth? The scrum values, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, if, no if the that. product owner is buying into Scrum. But they don't have to, do they? Because they've got the power. Obviously. So I think for me, it would be... No, but it's power, without, it's power with respect. Yeah, to respect. But if, so if they don't have that respect, what will happen? The team won't engage with them. They'll business phrases work to rule. Yeah. Just do more contracted requirements. They won't really collaborate. You yeah. won't be able to force cooperation. Yeah. Collaboration. So they're going to be limited in terms of what they can get from a team or with a team. So they will end up delivering less. They'll innovate. They'll have less innovation. Um, and that will become visible quite quickly in terms of deliveries compared to other teams and other product teams. That reminds me, actually, this is something I've told, I've mentioned on the before, I'm sure, but it's just brought me back around to it about one guy who said people are lazy. Yeah. So people need to be managed. Yeah. And someone else, a colleague of his said, no, no, well, my people are pretty good. Yeah. Was this in the BT course? No, it wasn't in the BT course, no. Um, but that, that, that even within the same organisation, two colleagues having massively different experiences, largely because of their approach to the situation and yeah. their behaviours. Yeah. And I think the regular heartbeat of delivery will highlight that quite good. For me, that person then has to internalise it and then change their behaviour basis rather than say, well, it's just people that are going to be in the team. Um, but there's an element of humility there, but also the ability for that person to change their behaviour without having to lose face yeah. and say, yeah, I was being a bit of a dick. Yeah, admitting they were wrong. It's an ego thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I think I've spoken to some people that admit that in private, but they'd never admit it in public. Right. And that's, I think that's where a good coach can, mm. can add a lot of value. You can help that person. So there's a lot of, yeah, and they don't have to lose face publicly, right. but they can admit it privately. Craft the situation so that they're able to move forward. Everybody knows that something's happened, but we don't necessarily know. It's not really in anybody's interest to, to force a failure out. No. Certainly not public. It's not in their career interest to do so, is it? Yeah, interesting. Well, that, that diverted. Yeah, well, I don't know how we've got legs. I don't know where we're going with that, but yeah, it's good. I've rather enjoyed my rhubarb pint. It is. It's like a dessert. Is it, some, is it something that you can have and then eat on? Or is it something that's sweet but one? It's hellishly sweet. It's, hella, it's like, um, that basically, I think, um, provided my lunch, largely. And there's so much sugar in that. So much sugar in that. But, it's, but for me, that's great. Rather tasty. Yes. All right. Well, 
Cheers to everybody. Just did a quick re recap there. Look out for the Christmas uh, single. Yes. Give us some ideas for charities. We will pick one, and then you can help us beat last year's charity telephone through spreading the word. And we promise it will be not quite as bad on your eardrums as last year's was. We're promising that, are we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we haven't actually heard the It's a very bold yet, statement. But, uh, but I'm confident. I'm confident. Yeah, we, we've inspected and adapted our singing. <laughs> okay, well, cheers, everybody. Cheers, Paul. Cheers, mate. See you soon. Tell us. Hi there. I hope you enjoyed that last episode. Amazingly, we've been going for three years now. And over those three years, we've been blown away by how many people have messaged us to tell us how it's been useful to them and how they've been getting value from it. Some have even said, we'd love to be able to buy you a pint sometime when you're in our area. Well, we're often not in people's area and we often don't know when we're going to be where we're going to be. So that's not been very easy for people to do until now. Over the years, we've also turned down repeatedly offers of sponsorship and product endorsement from companies, basically because we don't really believe that's what you'd want us to do. It's been a labour of love, and we do it because we enjoy it, but we also get those messages that tell us that you enjoy it as well. So what we've decided to do is give people the opportunity to virtually buy us a pint. It's completely optional, but what we've done is we've set up a Patreon account where you can, if you want to, donate whatever you want. If you do, then we'll buy a pint in your honour and we'll toast you. Maybe we'll even invest in enhancing the kit so the quality of the podcasts go up over time. Maybe we'll also buy some advertising to reach more people and hopefully help more people. Like I said, it's completely optional. But if you do enjoy and get value from what we do and would like to buy us a virtual pint to show your appreciation for that, then you now have an opportunity. It's at patreon.com slash theagilepubcast. Cheers. <laughs>